Andrew Murphy and Amanda Weaver with you. This is episode four of A Dash of Everything. Thanks for tuning in. Today we've got uh, a very special guest. We've got a lot of guys with personality on this team, but the one sitting to my right, maybe, maybe, maybe the, the most personality on the team, at least from the guys that I've talked to. It's Alex Destino. Alex, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so you just got you just got off the golf course. We uh, we we discussed it a little on our way in. Um, you said you said you shot okay. And I, I proceeded to ask you what what your score was, and you told me what it was a mid eighties round. Oh, oh, that, that's that's de- that's decent to you. It is. So you play is. a lot. Yeah. How, when 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 did you when did you start playing golf, and 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 how how is it how has it bloomed into such a successful hobby for you? Well, I don't know, but <laughs> successful on on some days. Right. Um, that's the beauty of golf. That's why I like it so much. Is it's very hard, just like baseball. It's it's a very humbling sport. And so it not only gives me a, the ability on an off day to go out and move around, so my body, I don't just lay in bed all day, but, you know, mentally it gives me the chance to face adversity and, you know, just think about things a little bit. And so that's why I love it. But started playing when I was young. All my buddies were right-handed. Obviously, I played baseball left-handed, so I wasn't going to be the guy that was sitting there watching my friends play. So I taught myself quickly how to play right-handed and that worked perfectly because in baseball, you know, traditionally, you know, it's I guess it's an old school thought, but you don't want to swing, right? I don't want to golf left-handed because it will, quote unquote, affect my golf, yeah. my baseball swing. Yeah, yeah I um, had a lot of friends that their dads were like, "You are not allowed to play golf because it's going to mess with baseball," and now they all play golf. Exactly, <laughs> and so, and it goes, you know, and again, baseball and golf. I don't, I don't know why I c- couldn't give you the answer to that, but it's always kind of intertwined. I mean, you hear about it, baseball players love the golf, so. I mean, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons is you get to get away, and it's still something that challenges you a lot. Um, so yeah, that's why I love it, and you know, I love being outside. So sure, that's yeah. why I argue with that too. So what are what are some good courses to play around around the area? Where where do you like to play? Well, I can't lie to you. I've only played Oak Valley. Um, I would love to get on Old Town. I know that's where Wake Forest plays. So can't I can imagine that's a pretty nice little track. Yeah, but we've only played Oak Valley. They treat us great over there. Um, they've been awesome. So it's a great it's a great course. Great. It's a great track, always in good shape. So it's the only one I've played, but we play it. I mean, damn near every Monday if we're here on the off day, not traveling. So when you say we, you mean you and who else? Half the dash. <laughs> Half the think, dash. I think that's a safe bet. Half the dash. We uh, that's where we all go. We'll set up, you know, four or five tee times in a row, and nice. they just they just push us out there and kind of give us give us the course to ourselves, which is probably the, the safest thing to do. Good man, that's awesome. Awesome. The that's safest thing to do. That <laughs> sounds a little dangerous. No, you know, it's it's just like I mean, you put. I don't care who it is. You put 12 guys together. I mean, you never know. The elephant in the room uh, after this previous series is that you guys fell uh, three games in a row and split the series with the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. Just to accentuate the positive here, what what really came together for those first three games? You guys scored a combined 19 runs. On the offensive side, what 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 really worked for you guys? Um, You know, honestly, just going into it with a good game plan. Um the the kind of the it's it's weird but it's the kind of the thing in pro baseball is you play so many games so often against the similar teams that you um you're gonna see the same guy a lot right and you know it can be a good and bad thing right um and so for us it's you know you face a guy one or two times as a starter you're gonna you know exactly what he has um and then it just comes down to how he attacks you as a hitter and I think that. You know, and I'm not saying it wasn't like this the end of the week when we, we lost the last three, but just going in with a certain game plan and try, trying to stick to that um, and executing that, I think we did a really good job of that the first three days. Um, 
And then, you know, it's baseball. I mean, sometimes it doesn't go your way. Sometimes a guy has the best day of his life on the mound. Um, That stuff happens. But I would say the game plan, going out there, being able to execute it. So I know he scored a lot of runs early and kind of in chunks. So, you know, that comes down to the the preparation and the game plan and the scouting report. Without giving too much away, your preparation, your personal game plan, what's a typical day at the ballpark look like for you? Before the game, of course. Um very i'm i've always been very just kind of relaxed in all of my that's just my personality i would say um you know i get to the field early-ish enough to you know if i have to lift if i have to do something if i'm hurting i need Chick-fil-A. to stretch out that well all, yeah you know chick-fil-a <laughs> chick-fil-a had a lot of hits in it this past week so there could be more chick-fil-a this upcoming week but you know i just like to get there early have plenty of time to do what i need to do um get my body right whatever that may be um yeah, and then, you know, just like I was saying about the game plan and scouting reports, everybody's a little different. Um, we'll have, like, a, a hitter's meeting where uh, Mike Daniel, our hitting coach, will go over certain things. But every that's where kind of everybody gets a little different. Certain guys like to watch video. They like to look at pitch percentages, which means when a pitcher would use a certain pitch in a certain count. I know it's getting a little into it a little bit. Right, right, but right. Everyone's a little different in that regard. Um, I've always been a less is more type guy. Um I don't like to have to overthink things, so I like to look at, you know, velocities, obviously, um, what pitch is at what and in between what range, just so I can kind of mentally put that in my timing. Um, And, yeah, just uh, pretty much for me, velocities and pitch percentages and counts. So, for instance, we'll dummy it down. Say you're facing a guy that has a big fastball, mid-'90s fastball, and he loves it. So you're going to see in an OO count, He's a 80% fastball, so that's that's a big number. That's a red number that jumps out at you. So that would be you're going to go in there aggressive early because you're going to see probably a fastball in the first two pitches. And then you flip the script. You could have a guy that's going to spin it, breaking balls, change-ups uh, early, and then you can kind of go from there. But, yeah, I just look for – basically I just look at red numbers. So if it's uh, in a 2-0 count, which is a hitter's count, if he relies on breaking stuff – then that's something that I would jump out at me and say, okay, well, if you work ahead to a 2-0 count, it might not be a bad idea to sit on something or look for something. Um, and, yeah, and like I said, everybody's different. Um, some guys don't even care about that. They just like to watch videos and see what they've done off him in the past and kind of strictly base their base their report or their approach that day on what he did the prior time. And, you know, pitchers are always different. It's just like us. I mean, everybody's a little different. But when it's – you know 20 plus pitches a guy that you're facing often then you can kind of sell out for certain things and you're seeing guys more often this season with the six game series sometimes you see guys twice right, yeah. in, in in one series that has to uh that's got to affect the preparation to to a pretty high degree and, and sometimes more more times than not the outcomes probably yeah absolutely um honestly it just goes to that that exact point like you're gonna see a guy often um so you know, I mean, if if he has a really good day against you, say I face a starter, if a starter has a good day, you're going to see him three times probably. Um, you know, if he strikes you out twice, he's going to probably go back to that game plan because he had a really good time against you. So then you can kind of hone in on that and focus on exactly what he did. And that's the only times really I'll watch video is if it's against the, if it's against a guy that going into the game, I was like, okay, he had my number last time. So what can I adjust that he might not? for me to be able to catch up to him and then it's almost it's the other way around as well like if you have a lot of success off a guy um you 
might have scared him a little bit, right? Scared him away from certain pitches and certain counts. So that kind of goes back to it. So it's a mind game. So, again, I like to keep it easy and simple. Less is more. So you don't have to get in the batter's box in a 2-1 count and think, oh, well, he was 65% change up in this count. Do I sit on it? Like, right. You don't, you don't want you don't to get, want to think too much When you're much caught in between in and moment. he throws 98 at your head, that's yeah. when you're like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I just have to try to hit the baseball. But. Well, you know, I mean, again, it's there's there's only – Baseball is a game in which there is only there, there's a lot of predictability, but there's only so much predictability up until that very moment during the game when you you, you really just don't know exactly. for certain what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Wing it. That's a great way to put it. That <laughs> That's my a, whole life. It's fine. That, that is a great way to put it. A lot of guys prepare pretty intensely. Um, others just like to sit around and discuss who would win in a fight, a bear uh-huh. Or a gorilla. This is important. Which has been a prominent conversation in the clubhouse. Would, Sweat the clubhouse. Swe- okay. And Took we, over the clubhouse. Would 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 you care to, to weigh in on this discussion? Sure. All righty. Um, I was honestly one of the front runners. I, I could actually probably claim that I brought this argument upon the clubhouse. Now where where did, did this see your tweet? Yes. That went and that was a very important thing for us on social media i think i even retweeted you did which is huge um hey everyone please vote because this is important right clearly the dash know how to ask the important things in life yep no we um this goes back a while this was i think when lane ramsey was here me lane davis martin a few honestly it's it was a lot of the pitchers um and i i brought it up i think i brought it up maybe in the weight room and we were all talking about it and I got immediate backlash. So that's when I knew I was like, this, I have to expand this. Because the pitchers were just wearing me out. Right. And so for for everyone, I'm very, I'm. it's a grizzly bear versus a gorilla in a fight. And I am pro grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. I don't even, personally, I don't think it would be a close fight. And so I was getting bashed being told about the gorilla, gorilla this, gorilla that. So then it became a team affair. And then eventually a much bigger than that was social media. And so, yeah, no, it just started. We were all, you know, every it's all very loose down there. We all like to have a good time right. and talk. And baseball is so hard. We like to smile and laugh a lot. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it became a big argument. Everybody was involved in it. We were printing out pictures, putting in our lockers for which animal <laughs> oh, you chose. I didn't realize it got that oh, intense. Oh, it, it, yeah. got, it got intense down there. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Again, that's the type of stuff you're going to hear in a clubhouse is – Fun arguments, the would you rather's, the this, the that, just to keep it loose and kind of be able to cut up with your with your friends. Of course, I, I I'm sure that the bus ride from Bowling Green last week mm-hmm. provided for some ample time to uh, to to discuss those things. And uh, Caleb Caleb Freeman was already asked about his experiences mm-hmm. on a typical minor league bus trip. The minor league bus trip is something that I don't think a lot of people really. Mm-hmm can really understand it's it's a it's it's a it's part of the grind Mm -hmm. can can you can you can you take us briefly through just your your typical minor league baseball bus trip I think I think that would be interesting for people to hear it's obviously different so if you're going to leave the day of a game um I don't like to sleep before like maybe so I say sleep so for instance if we're going to go to Asheville right it's a two and a half hour ride we'll leave here at noon certain guys like to go to sleep they like to pass out i don't like that because i can feel kind of droggy when i get there sure so for the most part the shorter rides is more it's more of a professional look almost if that makes sense like everybody's headphones in on their phones reading whatever you're doing 
Now, the long rides, those are interesting because you have the entire day. And so it's more so like you show up to the field at 9 in the morning and everybody's upset because we're about to hop on a bus for 12 hours, 8 hours, Bowling Green 7 hours, whatever it might be. And so Amanda made a great point when the long ones, so it's fun because everybody's, you know, giddy while the sun's up and everybody's ready to get there and everybody's having a good time talking about whatever, maybe playing blackjack, playing cards, whatever it might be. Now, it gets interesting is when everybody gets tired because we all have our own two seats, but we're also a bunch of big boys. So, (laughs) right. And when you're, it's hard to get comfortable sitting straight up and down. So when guys sprawl out, it's all different. Certain guys will lay on the ground. Those are the best ones because they're easy to climb over. Certain guys will lay and hang their feet up on the seats beside them. Certain guys will hang one seat, one leg on the seat beside them. And it goes on and on. So it's, it's a, it's a funny thing sitting back of the bus is smart because you're closer to the bathroom. So you have to go to the bathroom really quick. It's not the minefield you have to go through. Now for the coaches and the guys up front, it's, I I don't really know how to explain it, but it's almost a mind. It's a literal like minefield. It's a maze. Yes. I experienced bus rides for the first time in summer collegiate ball as a broadcaster in the Northwoods league. It's like, in in spy movies where they're like trying those to steal lasers. something, they've got the those laser, laser lines. That's the, yes. great, yep, that's <laughs> that, that's example. what it's like, and you're trying to weave in and out of the lasers exactly. without setting off the oh alarm. That's a perfect. Gosh. That's a perfect comparison, and it's funny because you'll see guys, and I have done it where you're half asleep, but you don't want to move, right? But you know somebody's staring at your legs, saying, "Wow, I wish he his legs were not right there." But you're tired, right? And you're laying there and your back yep. hurts. You're yep. like, oh, I really don't want to move. Uh-huh. And then there's certain guys that are legitimately out cold. And then you might bump into them that we hit, you hit, you swerve a lane, whatever it right. might be. And you fall into them, then you feel terrible. So then it's like, do I go under? Do I go over? And you're like me, you're a big guy. So if you go over and you fall, yep. you're a legitimate liability. Yes, yes right? you are. Like, <laughs> Somebody's legs hanging even, you fall on their kneecaps, you're a legitimate liability. Uh-huh. Oh, God. And so, so yeah, it's, I mean, the laser analogy is perfect because you have to figure your way back there. Luckily for me, I'm towards the back. So, traditionally, and sometimes, and it's the worst, is when you have a bad game and then you hop on a bus. Because those guys, they don't care. <laughs> They'll walk through there like Bowser. They're just knocking everyone down. <laughs> They're King Kong. They're knocking guys down. They'll poke you on the forehead right. and say, move your legs. Yep. So, you know, some days are like that, but, you know, most of the time it's you're, you're, you're bobbing and weaving your way back to the back. I love that. Golly, that's crazy. I never would have expected – well, okay, I guess maybe a little bit. So I was on the dance team in, in high school, and we had trips and whatnot. But girls were a little smaller, right. so we, you know, can crunch up or whatever. But having to actually, like – all the way across. That's crazy. Um, so you and I chatted a couple days ago, mm-hmm. I guess, about Texas mm-hmm. and all of the things. And, um, you know, every chance I get to talk about Texas yep. because I'm from there. You yep. know, we're very proud of our state. Absolutely. I'm going to talk about it. Um, so this is a – and I asked Freeman this question too, and this is going to determine how our, – our friendship here. Okay? okay. It's really important. How do you feel about Whataburger? Well, I think it's good. I do think it's overrated, but I feel like the word overrated is very popular now because everything is so hyped up because yep. of social media. Yep. Don't get me wrong. If if I have to eat Whataburger, I will not complain. <laughs> that being said, does it make my top five fast food? Probably not. That's okay. I think I can agree with that. But I can definitely go enjoy that place. That's I don't, fair. I don't eat – my wife is not a – she's not a fast food person, so 
again, if we're going to eat fast food, it's going to be Chick-fil-A. Um, my kind of woman. Right. And so we um, – I don't go out of my way to get it, but I've had it a handful of times, and it's good. Yeah. It's good. Can't say I love it. I definitely don't hate it. I think my favorite thing – we used to do, like, when we would go out in college, we would swing by Waterburg because they're open 24 mm-hmm. hours. And the honey butter chicken biscuit yep. is yep. very good. Probably very my, good. There it is. Probably my favorite thing in the whole world. I've never had a um, like late night snack hit in the okay, same way. Okay, that's that. That's I cannot argue that. That is fantastic. But again, and it's kind of obviously it's regional, but I would I would argue for North where well I guess everybody from the Carolinas cookout, cookout. is mm-hmm. that is my me personally mm-hmm. that is my go to. Late night, two o'clock in the morning. Right. That's my spot. Um, since I've moved here, I have learned the joys of cookout. Yep. Um, you can't beat a tray. No, no, nope. no, no, not at all. And it's so cheap. Uh-huh. Exactly. That is it's, exactly it's, right. It's, it's all. It is, it's all about the value. It is a whole new ball game yep. with cookout. Yep. It is. That is a great spot. So I was genuinely impressed the first time I went. At first, well, okay, that's not true. The very first time I went to cookout. Uh, it was like, eh, I guess cookout's okay, like whatever. Now, I think I just went to the wrong cookout or something. Because See, once you find your groove, your tray, your what you like on your burger, what you know, your milkshake, what you like in your milkshake. Once you find your, and again, it's kind of a thing. Like once you find what your tray is, then you're golden. Yeah, because you can just rock, you can walk up, rock up to the window, hammer it, tell them exactly what you want, and, and you're they're good like, to go. Da, 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 done. no questions asked. Oh my yep. gosh. I have learned and learned to really love cookout yeah. and cheer wine because that is a regional thing. Did not know what that was until I yep. got here. Yep. Um, I have a special place in my heart now for cheer wine. I'm not a big soda drinker. And if the guys on the team, they all pick on me because I don't drink. Honestly, I don't really venture away from water. I do. I guess I can say on here. I do like to drink beer every once in a while. Yes. So I joke and this is like my ongoing joke. Guys kind of give me hell about it. But the only things I put in my wa- my body are water. Miller Lite and Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> That's like kind of the joke with the guys. Breakfast and, of champions. Yeah, and you know, you. I don't. I never have. My parents, when I was growing up, they didn't keep soda. They wouldn't let us drink soda. Um, and so I kind of went to college, and it was more of a, oh, like I can, I can drink whatever soda I want. I can do this. I can do that. And I never, again, I, I, I don't know if I, it's because I just didn't have it growing up. I never had the urge to drink soda. So cheer wine is great. I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to get it. Um, but Diet Coke, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I really enjoy drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> That's fair. Nah. Now, are you like a Diet Coke out of the bottle, fountain, or can? In a, in a cup with ice. In a cup with ice. If I get it, 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 for instance, if I was to get a Diet Coke in a can and I was at a public venue, I would go out of my way to find a cup with ice. I wouldn't. I, I I think I enjoy it more like that. I would drink it out of a can, but I would I would first off go out of my way to try to find a cup with ice. Fair, fair enough. No, nah. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like a. It's a flavor thing. Yeah, I, I might be, but fl- McDonald's well, Diet Coke is kind oh, of oh absolutely McDonald's sodas yeah, in general. Their fountain drinks are fantastic. Yeah, or Sonic. Sonic is very good. Too. I love Sonic. I think it's the ice in Sonic. I think 100%. they trick you a little bit. I think 100%. it's uh, yeah. Their ice makes everything better. Sonic's got the pellet ice, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can't go wrong with pellet. No, ice. you cannot. Love pellet ice. No. I'm I'm determined when I am a grown up um, and have a house with a refrigerator that my refrigerator is going to be the one that makes pellet ice. All yeah. I have to do is just and it's not crushed ice. Oh, no. 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 no, no. 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 It's, pellet it's, ice. Yep. Uniform. 
yes. pellet ice. That'd be the ultimate power move. The refrigerator that makes pellet ice. So every time I go to the refrigerator, is there? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's one out there. I've never there's, seen one. Before, I don't know, though. but that's gonna be what happens. See, I would. I've got I a long time until I'm actually a real adult. Yeah. <laughs> I would put a little bit more money into a fridge just to have. That. I, I think, yeah, it's a worthwhile yeah. investment. I'm sold. Yeah. I just, I just want to know where to get one. Like, exactly. I don't care about the refrigerator that you knock on there and the light turns on. I don't care about that. Right. Pellet ice. Or like the ones with the TVs on. I'm like, that's. Yeah, I don't like, care I don't about that. that. That's not my. I don't need a smart refrigerator, dude. <laughs> See, I never grew up with a. I don't. Now I think about it, I don't think our. Throughout high school, I don't think we had ice out of the, of the refrigerator. So, for me, it was always like. Stick your hand in the in the in the the little the 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 bin that's in there. Exactly, give the ice shake it. The ice a good punch, like a physical punch to break the ice Uh up, and then grab a handful and put it in. Yeah, that's what we had. That could be a game changer with pellet ice. Just Just work the cup in there to work to get our ice out of the. That's right. Out of the freezer, we could just go up and press a button and the good old days have it fall out. People are spoiled nowadays yeah. with their fancy ice-making machines. Ice no one wants to work. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. No one wants to work. Can't work for the ice. So uh, can I can I weigh in on the, the Whataburger situation as as, as as the, the as outsider third, in the as room? As a third party. Right. <laughs> and a big boy like myself. Exactly. You're right about that. I do love to eat, and I like burgers especially. I love, like, I'm, mm. I'm, a, I'm a... You are a burger. I'm not a... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a connoisseur. That sounds snobby, but I like a really good burger. And so, the the most hyped up burger chain in the 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 Western United States is obviously In and Out. A hundred percent, yeah. And that hype, I think, like it overwhelms anything that anyone says about Whataburger. Correct. You know, you, you Whataburger is 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 not necessarily a well. For, it's not as widespread. First of all, I don't think is no. it. I agree. I yeah, agree with not. that. Uh, so it it it's like Whataburger is a place that if you're on a road trip to Florida or road trip to Texas or wherever, you you could have easily not heard about it before and been like, oh, let's try this place. Right. And then you're like, oh my god, what is this? And so In and Out though is like, oh, you got to go to In and Out. Oh, you got to go to right. In and Out. Yep. You got to go to In and Out. They just hammer you with that. And then you go and you're like, what what Your what? French fries w- taste like cardboard. What was everybody? Yes. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad by any stretch. I think it goes back to what I was saying about Waterbury. It's like in that kind of when we go to Arizona, the only time I ever eat in out in my entire life is when we go to spring training in Arizona. Uh huh. And I go there, and it's the same thing. It's like you go there and you you sit in the drive through for fifteen minutes, and you're like, "Well, this food better be really good." Yeah. And you get it, and it's good. But it's but not fifteen minutes you, in the drive through. Once you finish, no, yeah, you're right. just like. I don't think it was that good. <laughs> like, it's good, but I don't know if it was that good. Uh, oh, all right had, then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When when In-N-Out first came to like our area in Texas, when uh, Austin area, if they had lines like wrapped. Yeah. I mean, twice around the building. It was backed up on the street next to them. It was in Sane. And everyone was like, "Oh, it's so good." And I was like, "That's because all of you are from California." <laughs> right. And yeah. you are obsessed with In-N-Out, but now In-N-Out is here, and you're from California, so you just basically feel like you're home. Congratulations. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wild. I know Texans love their their uh, their Californians coming oh, over. <laughs> we love it so much. Oh, Lordy. It's wild. I mean, my like hometown has grown at an astronomical rate. Oh, yeah. Um, we used to be what I would consider like the burbs. Like, mm-hmm. We weren't country, but we weren't the city either. 
there was still like neighborhoods right. and things, you know, on the corner. HEB was only that's like a grocery store for everyone who is mm. not knowing what that is. It's a grocery store in Texas. Um, and it's like around the corner. Like everything's close. So it's like the burps. Now I come home and I'm like, where, when does this, wh- they just bleed yeah. together now. It's wild. Living in Texas now, it's, it's, it's comical because it's very comparable actually. Um, growing up near Asheville, North Carolina, that city is booming mm-hmm. right now. Because people go there and like, this is gorgeous. A lot of them have money as it is, so they're like, oh, well, we can afford to live here. And so every time I go home, which is, you know, twice a year, I would say, for the holidays, um, my town, just like you were just saying, um, my town is just booming. There's a hotel uh, on on the the exit to my town, which is insane. Like, I never thought I would see that. Um, And, yeah, just people flooding the mountains, wanting to live there, wanting to buy a house there just to be able to come there in the, the summers or in the fall when the leaves change, so... Yeah, it's that's crazy. Yeah. So you grew up in Weaverville, mm-hmm. North Carolina. How'd you get here? I, what what what's what's your baseball journey been? When did you fall in love with the game, and 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 what's the journey been like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California. I say I grew up. I lived there till I was seven, six or seven. Been a little while. Um, yeah. So we moved out here. Um, obviously, Southern California is notorious for sports. I mean, you could argue that uh, the talent there is undeniable. So I grew up playing. Apparently, my parents will tell me basketball was my first love. I love soccer, still love soccer. And yeah, baseball was kind of that fall, that spring sport that wasn't really present for me. In, in North Carolina, soccer for us was in the fall. Um, parents would never let me play football growing up. And then I'll quickly say this. I played football. In eighth grade, because I wouldn't leave my parents alone. Eventually, they're like, you know what, Alex? Whatever. We're done. We're, t- we're done. We're done. You, you do what you want. Whatever. Uh, You're a I, man now. I blow my ankle up within the week. I go back to my parents. I say, Mom and Dad, I don't ever want to play football again. <laughs> so that was the that was the perfect thing for them. It was more like that. That was the I told you so. Mom and Pop know best. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. So baseball. It was you know I was always that I can remember. Um, I played basketball in middle school, 7th and 8th grade, and then my high school, which is really cool and I'm very proud of, was a very powerful baseball school. We had a very well-known and respected baseball program, which is very cool being a 3A school, um, being surrounded by really good schools, T.C. Robertson, Reynolds, um, some of these big powerhouse schools, and we hung with or even were better than them, Um, and so I was very proud of that. And being able to look back at that, I'm still very proud of that. Um, and so, yeah, middle school was basketball, all three, soccer, basketball, baseball. And then, you know, there was the talks of, do you think you want to play three sports in high school? That's a lot in your body. Colleges are going to eventually, hopefully, come knocking. Nobody plays three sports. Nobody really plays two sports. And so basketball was taken out of the equation. Just wasn't. I loved it. It was just. I didn't love it enough. And then played soccer from, again, it was in the fall. High school never really had a great soccer team, uh, performance-wise. Loved the guys on the team, though. It was some of my closest friends. Um, Played soccer until my junior year. Played both, soccer, baseball. Played it until my junior year. And then my sophomore year came, and it was, you know, colleges started to pay attention with baseball. Um, I realized I had the chance to save my parents a lot of money on college. 
I realized I had a chance to go to college, <laughs> like all these little <laughs> things. Um, and so, yeah, soccer was put on the back burner, but I was still playing it, still loved it. Um, junior year came. That summer I was uh, lucky, lucky and fortunate enough to met, play with Team USA, the U18 team. Uh, and so we went to – we went to Taiwan, and I missed the first probably month of high school, my senior year. And so it was more of – it was kind of – and it actually worked out well because I, I didn't think, if I remember correctly, I was going to play soccer that year. I was really – and I was committed to South Carolina at the time. So that wasn't a worry for me, but it was a more so mentally and physically you need to be ready to roll your senior year, right, to give yourself the best opportunities for whatever would come next. And so it it went perfectly almost that I missed the first month of school so I could look at my soccer coach in the eyes and say, I have to quit. <laughs> Not like I want to quit. I just can't be there. I right. think I'm, I would have missed the first eight or nine games of the year, and I, did, I just didn't want to be the guy that would come back after playing baseball or come back at all and be like, all right, you're going to go play. I didn't want that. And so, again, I was my college plans were set. Um and so that was the year I didn't play it my senior year. And I wish I could have. I loved it. I really did. But it ended up working out well. So that was kind of it. Went to South Carolina. Had a great three years. Loved my time there. Um, got to play in the SEC, um, which is I'm very thankful, grateful for that. Played against – I mean, I could print you a list of <laughs> the amount of guys I played against that you would know has been – it's crazy to think about. But very fortunate to play in a conference that strong. Great coaching, obviously, you know, great time at South Carolina. So very fortunate. So that, you know, get drafted my junior year, decided to leave early. Um, yeah, grinding, grinding pro ball. And here you are. Yep. There it is. Season ends September, not, the regular season ends September 19th. Yep. So it has flown by. It sure has. Like crazy. Yeah, it sure yeah. has. It didn't feel like that when we started the season. I was like, God, September is so far right. away. Yeah. Especially and especially after that first back-to-back homestand here, mm-hmm. you don't know that because you have a back-to-back homestand every exactly. week. Exactly. But the back-to-back homestand here for the front office, I was like, dear, God, <laughs> September is so far from now. Yeah. And then now it's like a month and a half yeah. away. Are crazy. You kidding? So That's what? Crazy. So what? What? What happens after the season? What? What do you do? You train probably. Um. Again, this goes back to kind of what we started off talking about with scouting reports and whatnot. Everyone is different. This is where it's fun to learn, like, what guys do in the offseason. Me, personally, I'm very similar to my approach on physically going out to play baseball. Um, I like to relax. The first month, I don't want to see a bat. I don't want to see a baseball. I don't want to hear the word baseball. It's nothing against baseball. Right. right? It's just you go play, and I would – you can challenge somebody in the public. You go play 120 games, right? And 100, I don't know how many days it is, but you play 120 games in 140 days. Something right? Like that. That's a that lot sounds about, about right. right. That's yeah. a lot of baseball. Uh-huh. And I love this sport, but eventually you have to get away mentally. Um, you know, and obviously physically. That, that kind of goes without saying, playing that much. But, yeah, being able for me the first month, and I'm a big – I love my family, love my wife. We – I love to just get away, whether that's a vacation, whether that's weekend vacations, whatever it might be. So that first month, we'll say, you said it's September 19th is the last day. So we'll just say maybe through October 20th, a month. That That is me time. That is me time, wife time, family time. And then 
it works out great because then I start physically in the weight room getting back. So, you know, that, that month away, I don't, you go do what you want to do. You're, you might put on a little bit. You're going to get out of shape. <laughs> that just comes with the territory. So yeah. that next month, and this is what I tell people, the first month is me. The next month you grind to get back kind of where you were. And then that takes you into November. And then it's holiday season, which is great. I love going back home to North Carolina with my family. Um, Christmas, all that good stuff. And for me personally, I crank things up right around New Year's from a baseball standpoint. And then weight room, I'll be in the weight room probably. That After that month, I'll be in the weight room. Not going crazy. I, I Again, I, when I lift, it's nothing crazy by any means. But just making sure, because this is my fourth season in pro ball, so I know what makes my body tick and what hurts my body and what you, – you learn your body in weird ways playing this much, much baseball. Um, so, yeah, that's – the goal, obviously, getting the spring training is to be able to show up and just you're ready to roll. Because unfortunately you see a lot of hamstrings, a lot of quads, a lot of groins, these injuries that are prevented if you're really putting in the time. So, yeah, that's always the goal. And, you know, the past two, three years, I think that I've kind of found that groove. So baseball activities start January and then get to spring training, hopefully ready to roll. It's a routine. It's a year-round sport, man. Yeah. That's right. Now, with spring training, obviously, the goal, you know, the major leagues, obviously everybody's goal. Nobody's career lasts forever. Mm-hmm. What 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 would you like to do after baseball? What else are you passionate about? Um, That's actually, that's a great question. Um, You know, and this is going to sound very – this is going to sound <laughs> like I'm dodging <laughs> the question. Um, <laughs> my care, The things I care about, honestly, in life are – when I finish baseball, I want to jump into a family. That's that's something that I really want. And again, I tell people this, that ask, that I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest blessings anybody can have is to have children. Being able to kind of continue a legacy, and um, that's a huge goal in my life. And so, you know, whenever baseball ends, I don't know when that is. I hope it's, you know, I hope it's down the road after I make a good good living. Right. Um, but whenever that is, that's my goal, is to kind of jump into the family life, Um for your for your question, a job, I can't say I really have a set thing in mind. Which um, is fine. I was a public relations major in college, which is a very broad, and I chose that on purpose. It's a very broad, I it guess. It gives you a lot of options. It gives you a lot of it options plays. and opportunity. Yes. Yeah. That's just what I just Just yeah, like, just like my I business was. degree, right. right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. I did PR, and so just yeah. that ability to kind of, you know, you can do marketing, you can do right. PR, you can do community relations. You Sales can do, is another thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know why, and I guess it's because I, I can talk a lot, which I don't. I also don't know if that's no. a great thing. People tell me I <laughs> people tell me I'd be good in sales, so I don't know. I guess I'll say maybe sales to answer your question. But first and foremost, you know, obviously you have to be financially sound for a lot of this. But jumping into a family would be my goal. Yeah. Finding a good place. We love Dallas. Um, we talk about coming back. I love the South, the Southeast. So the East Coast, anywhere. Um, Charleston, Charlotte, Nashville, there's a lot of great cities. All good so cities. All good we, cities. Um, yeah, that's that's the the goal. So you guys have two upcoming series on the road. The first, just 30 minutes down the highway in Greensboro versus the Grasshoppers. And then the next week, you will get you guys will be heading to Asheville to face the tourists. And then uh, you guys come back home um, two weeks from now to face Greensboro again for the final time this season. What excites you about the upcoming series? Yeah, those are, I mean, two great teams. Greensboro, I think, is one of the best teams in this league, top to bottom. Um, yeah, just kind of, I feel like with Greensboro, we go back and forth with them a lot. 
Um, we play them tight. I, they, like I said, they're a great team. I would I would say they're a top. I think them and Bowling Green personally are the best, most talented, well-rounded two teams we play. Um, so yeah, you're gonna see good. You're, for me as a hitter, I'm gonna see real good arms every day. Uh, as sappy as it sounds, it gives me a chance to get better and kind of go out there and they they put you to the test. Those guys. I mean, they they, they know what they're doing. They're well coached. The organizations know what they're doing. So yeah, just I mean, go out there get better have fun and hopefully perform a little bit well we're certainly excited to see how you guys pan out these next couple weeks and um, of course uh, tickets are on sale for the greensboro series on ws-.com they're going fast it's the last battle of i-40 series between the dash and the grasshoppers so uh alex we, we really appreciate you coming on today man thanks a lot for joining us thank you for having me i appreciate it absolutely this has been a dash of everything episode four thanks for tuning in